Alright folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am, well, you know what, I am excited to get this one done. We are going to be chatting about this Denver Nuggets loss as the Nuggets, uh, they drop another game, and the first game at home, unfortunately, to the Houston Rockets, final score... 114-106, not the best performance of all time, and certainly not one that the uh, a lot of folks are going to be talking about by the end of this season, but uh, there are silver linings to everything, and we're going to talk about it. I think this was kind of a breaking point in a lot of ways, not in a bad way, not in a bad way. I think this was a breaking point in a good way for some aspects. Um, oh, I forgot to change the background here let me change that here real quick nuggets first home loss of the year yeah super cool uh, super nice uh cool we are going to chat about that we're going to chat about Jokic struggling a little bit again we're going to chat about murray's ejection uh, and then i asked for some questions on twitter x whatever you want to call it if you're interested in dropping some questions here in the chat then go ahead and i'll try to answer those as well uh, but i'll start with the ones on twitter uh, just to make sure that everybody feels involved. Uh, all right, let's get into this now. Let's talk about what happened. Um, my layout for this one, I, I wanted to talk about, hey, let's just go through the flow of the game. Let's talk about what happened. And the first note that I have here is that Nicole Jokic struggled. Like, it's very rare, and I think it's very visceral right now that he struggled just because it's two games in a row now that he struggled with his shot. Uh, Jokic shot 9 of 26 in this game, and he did shoot 8 of 16 in the second half, but that means he shot 1 of 10 in the first half, and there were some good signs that I, I want to get to, especially later in the game. I thought he just put his head down a little bit and just worked through the struggles, and I think he's going to come out of this on the other side just fine, uh, but... In the first half, he was like the energy was not good. It, it just flat out wasn't. And there were plenty of sequences that made you scratch your head that were very unlike Nicola. Um, he wasn't really definitive a lot of the time. And whenever he was definitive in the moves that he was making, he was often just wrong. And that's so rare. And I, I want like I know I've been the guy that's, I think, been most critical of Jokic during this early portion of the season, even when some folks thought he didn't really deserve it. So I'm going to try to take the other side of this a little bit here. I'm going to try to uh, be a little bit more positive about this stretch and say, look, everybody is human. Everybody struggles. I asked Jamal Murray and Michael Malone and Peyton Watson, all three of them, about Jokic kind of going through this tough stretch because these are just questions that need to be asked because they are so rare. This is this just doesn't happen. Um and all three of those guys came to his defense. They know that he is human. They know that he's been carrying a heavy burden, that he's asked to do every single thing for the team. And especially in the first 20 games of the year where uh, he had been like putting up these unbelievably awesome numbers, this extremely productive season, the other shoe was going to drop at some point. He wasn't going to be able to maintain this pace throughout. And I think we saw that kind of come back down a little bit earlier than expected. But uh, it was not necessarily about the like missing shots. It was just in the manner that Jokic did. Like, these are uh, 
missed floaters that he often makes. These are tip-ins that he always makes. It's very, very rare for that to happen. And I, I know everybody else was surprised. The fans around me that were sitting behind me uh, were just flummoxed is probably the best word for it. They were completely baffled by the shots that have always gone in for Nikola Jokic. And I think the players, they have a pretty good feel on it. They know that he has been uh, like stressed by the start of the season and that having a short start to the season and like the way that he started and the way that he carried through it, it's now the players' turn to sort of take on a heavier burden here. And I think Malone actually said this directly. Um, quote, I got to find some ways to maybe get Nicola some rest and lessen his burden. But knowing him, how tough he is, he won't want that. He won't even want to hear it. And that's why, like, that's why you love Nicola. Like, that's because he's always going to shoulder the maximum possible burden. And it's one of the things I've talked about earlier this season is that the reason why he has gotten better throughout his career was that he is able to take on more and more responsibility in ways that other players can't and other players won't because he is the most skilled seven-footer we've ever seen play the game of basketball. And that comes with a certain level of responsibility, I think. Some players with the mentality that they have would be okay kind of settling at, hey, you're you're the most talent, you're the most uh, skilled seven-footer. But Jokic has become the most dominant seven-footer in a lot of different ways. And he is going to con- he's going to get back to that. Like I have no doubt about it. But in this moment where he has struggled, the team's got to pick him up. Uh, just some of the other numbers from last night. Jokic shot nine of 26, as I mentioned. He had 23 points. He did recover. And I, I want to make that clear. He had three points in the first half. He had 20 in the second half on 16 shots. So not necessarily his best efficiency there either, but he still found ways to be impactful and finish the game a plus three, especially because of the latter uh, fourth quarter portion of the night. Uh, 23 points, 16 rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and three turnovers was a plus three, finished with five fouls. Look, uh, there are some ways that he can get better. Uh, the free throw shooting, I think, was a an indicator that something like this could happen, and he's kind of struggled with his free throw shooting throughout the year. But I think that he needs, like, you know when there was one year where that LeBron James just kind of took a midseason retreat, um, just, just kind of left uh, to, to sort of recenter himself? Jokic could probably deal with something like that. Send him to Fiji. Send him back to Serbia for a week. See what happens. And I I wonder if they could maybe get him some rest in that manner. Because it does feel like he needs to be mentally kind of like re-centered, refocused. And um, oh, hey, I see see Jeff Morton here in the chat. My guy, Jeff. Weird year, weird vibe. I sort of feel Jokic went into the 2022 mode when Murray went down with the hamstring and burned himself out. He just looks burned out. I mean, I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. Um, and again, that's what you like about Nicola. That's what you like about his willingness to kind of shoulder that burden. But uh, in the absence of other players that could shoulder that burden, um, he took on way too much. And the team needs, like, it's one of the great things about championship teams is that they have multiple guys 
that can sort of share that responsibility. So here's to Denver and here's to Murray maybe specifically kind of starting to shoulder that burden a little bit more. But we'll see what happens. Other things from the game and other things from that uh, first half, that third quarter especially. Uh, Denver, they struggled throughout the evening. It just it felt like they were kind of struggling in spite of themselves in the first half. Third quarter, the dam kind of broke. The offense had been struggling and it continued to struggle in the third a little bit. Uh, but the defense really broke in that third quarter. I thought, uh, despite the fact that Michael Porter had a great offensive game, I thought he had a poor defensive game in a lot of ways. And like, I'll have to go back and watch some of the clips just to make sure I'm I'm not like crazy on that. But I know that some other folks uh, definitely disagreed with me. But Porter also carried a heavy burden himself. He's played every single game, and I, I don't really blame I, nobody could blame him for any of that because there were a lot of guys getting cooked, including Jamal Murray and including Nikola Jokic, especially by Sengun in the first half. Uh, but Denver let up 40 points in the third quarter. They got down by about 25 at one point in the early fourth. Jokic came back in and helped kind of kind of incite an 18 to zero run that I think cut the Nuggets deficit to seven. And that was nice to see. That was a a really good fight that I think Denver should take some credit with uh, kind of going into this couple days off that they have here. And then the the two game road trip that they have to Atlanta and Chicago. But like it, they still got down by 25 at home to a team that had not won on the road at all. Like as like Houston is 10 and nine, but they are one and eight now on the road. And that is that to me, that shows a weakness that Houston has for some reason in their ability and their willingness to uh, kind of connect everything on the road. And, and Denver has been great at home. So it was a, a day of firsts for sure. The way that Jokic struggled, the way that uh, Houston finally got a, a road win and Denver finally got a home loss. Um, I think that Denver took on Jokic's low energy and sort of adopted that through the first three quarters. You could feel Jokic trying to get out of it in the third quarter, but by that time, things had kind of broken. But then when he came back in in the fourth, I, I actually made this comment on Twitter and was uh, definitely criticized for it, as as I generally am nowadays. Um that I'm surprised that Denver put Jokic back in in the fourth quarter when they're down 25 with eight minutes to go. I thought that would be a good time to just like get him some rest. It clearly wasn't his night. Clearly wasn't the team's night. That's fine. But then, hey, you're capable of rattling off an 18 to zero run and making Ryan look like a fool, which seems to be happening more and more. So it is interesting to see Denver kind of figure that out and Jokic was low energy, but then sort of fought through it and he started going to the basket pretty hard and made a three and like he was playing some pretty good defense on Shangun, especially in that uh in that stretch. That was really, really impressive. And I think that there is absolutely some positive indicators to take. Uh, but this team, like I said, it's also the team that went down 25. So lots of stuff to kind of clean up, lots of stuff to figure out. I want to talk about Jamal Murray's night and then Peyton Watson's night here real quick. I think that Jamal, the three-point shooting was off to a great start in that first quarter. I actually thought of all the starters, 
he was the guy to really bring the energy and bring the effort in the first quarter and then kind of keep it all the way through. He had a couple misses here or there. Uh, and then there were a couple times where Jalen Green really got going against him, especially in that third quarter. Um, but in general, I think Jamal Murray's the one that you can look to and say, hey, he can bring the energy. He can bring the intensity. And just finished a plus four, 21 points, five rebounds, three assists. Four of eight from three. Would like to see him continue to get up those three-pointers as much as possible because sneaky thing about Jamal so far this year, I know he hasn't played a ton of games. The two-pointer is not working. Like He is not finishing well from two-point range. Anytime he's getting into the mid-range, it has not been great. And anytime he's getting into the floater range, he's, he's not really making those either. So he is shooting above 40% from three. I think he's at 41, and he was four of eight last night. So that's something that I think he can continue to go to. And something that the Nuggets actually desperately need from a spacing perspective, because Jokic hasn't shot the three ball well. Aaron Gordon, you're certainly not getting it from. Michael Porter, you're getting it from. KCP is a low volume three point shooter. So Denver needs somebody who could kind of absorb a higher volume, get Denver to shoot more threes in general. And I think Murray could definitely do that. He's got to start hunting for his shot and really get himself going. That's something that I think would be uh, very beneficial. Um, Dehan had a couple comments here. Uh, one thing that pisses me the most off lately is that Nuggets just stand around and wait for the ball instead of moving around. He follows it up with Nuggets as a team failed. It is not Nicola's poor shooting night that is to blame. It could have helped, yes, but not to blame. Uh, there, are, there's like, I in in spirit, I do agree with you. Like, it is never going to come down to one player, and I don't want it to seem like I am trying to put it on one player because I'm not. There's zero reason why you should put it on one player, especially somebody that absorbs as much of a responsibility as Jokic does. There's a lot of guys that I can look to. Um, but I do think that in that first quarter, especially where Denver kind of got behind the eight ball, um, like Julian Strother, for example, was mi was minus 15 in four minutes. He was not the problem in those minutes. There was nothing at all that Julian Strother did. And I watched him. I, I made sure to kind of go back and look through the clips and Look at, see, hey, what is he doing? Is he giving up defensive uh, assignments? No. Was he missing assignments on the offensive end? No. It just didn't work. And you got to kind of figure out what's what's working and what's not working. And so I, I do not think it was Julian Strother, for example. I don't think it was KCP, uh, who had 14 points and was five of six and two of three from three, had one block, but was a minus 16. Like sometimes... The lineups just don't work. And Denver is going to go through those stretches. And fortunately, the season is long enough that hopefully Julian Strother's minus 15 over four minutes kind of gets evened out into a plus 15 over four minutes in the next game stretch where, hey, he gets things going. Or even if he's not the one that's kind of causing it, then the team is like the, the process is looking good and the floaters are going in and Denver's drawing off. Or they're drawing contact and getting foul calls and that's another thing that we should probably talk about, especially with regard to Murray. Um, Jamal Murray got ejected last night, and I think it was the first time he had been ejected since 2021 when he kicked Tim Hardaway in the nuts uh, or grabbed him in the nuts or whatever it was. It's uh, very stark when somebody gets ejected from a game that doesn't really have a history of doing so. Murray is generally like he plays with fire, 
but it's very rare that he lets the emotions kind of overwhelm him. And he, he had the quote of the night last night, uh, which was, uh, let me just pull it up right here just to make sure I'm not butchering it. Um, it's on camera. The whole game is being recorded. Um, he was not super happy. <laughs> he was not happy with the officiating last night. And frankly, it's hard to blame him. It is really hard to blame him with the way that Denver has really gotten a poor whistle throughout the year. And I put this stat together. Denver, in the 23 games that they have played so far, have shot more free throws than the opponent eight times. Despite the fact that they're the NBA champions, they're generally winning games, and they are having to do so often without the free throw margin. They are 6-2, and two, Denver is, in games where they shoot more free throws than the opponent. And in the opposite, where the opposing team shoots more free throws than them, they're still... I think I said six and two. Yeah, they're eight and seven in the games where they do not get more free throws. 15 games is a lot. That's actually a a larger discrepancy than people realize. And for a team that just went to the NBA finals and won a championship, their first of the year, that has the best player in the world, and that has a lot of guys that you would think, hey, these guys are going to get credits. They're going to get championship credit here. That just really, really hasn't come to pass. And I don't understand what's going on. I think uh, Peyton Watson had a good quote about it, but I just, I was very frustrated in general. And if you're a Nuggets fan, you have to be frustrated too. Um, Yeah, JK Waller's here. J2R Masterclass in the last three minutes last night. He was horrible. Like the dude was bad. And it was really bad. Like Jokic kept looking over especially when he was missing some calls under the rim or when he was missing some free throw or some layups and whatnot. It was very odd. And obviously you don't want to put everything on the officials. Like, but there was a clip that went around last night, the jump ball that uh, Alper and Shangun forced when he, when Jokic was driving at him and he was fouling Jokic the entire way there. And then finally got a hand on top of the basketball and they were absolutely just like, Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely a jump ball. Um, Denver's tired of it. I think Murray's tired of it. I think he was very frustrated and it's just frustrating. I think for Denver to have to kind of fight through this every single year, every single, every single game so far this year, Jokic is a tough player to officiate, but it shouldn't be this tough. It shouldn't be this tough where, and I think, uh, Jake Coyne had this stat last night that he had taken, uh, Jokic had taken 58 shots and had only attempted nine free throws during that stretch. And there was only one center in NBA history that had ever had that large of a discrepancy between their field goal attempts and their free throw attempts for or for a stretch of time. And it was Nikola Jokic back in 2022. For whatever reason, he just doesn't get those calls. And I don't understand it. Denver has lauded to it. They have ask the league office about these things. This is not something where like they, they send in their reports. This is, uh, this isn't a public show of, uh, disgust situation, like where the Lakers made it public, where they're sending in a letter to the league office, because that happens all the time. And it's just frustrating. Denver's got to find a way to kind of get past that because it's it's just not working for whatever reason. And I know that Nuggets fans are very 
Um, tired of it. Uh, Denver scores their, like, I have this stat here. Denver scores, I think, 12.4% of their points at the free throw line, which is 30th in the NBA. Part of that comes with them not making the free throws that they're getting. And that's another issue that we should probably address. Like they were 20 of 27 last night. If they shoot a better percentage, maybe they're in it by the end. Um, But they're also not getting there enough. And they are also not getting there as much as their opponents enough. I think they are 28th or 30th or somewhere in that range in terms of the amount of free throws they are generating. And that's just not good enough. If you are a Nuggets fan, you're frustrated by free throws. And that should not be a storyline for the champions. I'm sorry. Like, I know that it shouldn't just be, like, it's not just because, like, hey, you you win a championship, you automatically get more free throws. That's not how it works. Uh, But you should be getting better officials because you're the champions. You should be getting better crews. You should be getting crews of, officials that respect and understand your game. And I know that, and Grace is making good points here, that it's not just because they're champs, like Denver is near the bottom in drives per game. And so that's on Jamal. That's on Jamal and Reggie Jackson to continue to drive to the rim. I know I was just talking about Jamal having to hunt from the three-point line, but Jokic, like he doesn't average like drives because a lot of his drives, they will start from inside the arc. Uh, but he will go from the mid-range area to try to get into the paint, which is technically not classified as a drive by NBA.com, which technically counts as a outside the three-point line, then into the painted area. Um, So that's something to at least consider when referencing that stat. Uh, But Jokic does drive to the rim. It's not technically classified as a drive because he is starting inside the arc, and he should be getting more calls. It's just plain and simple. When he's getting hit on the arms, when he's getting grabbed around the waist, when he's like, everybody is using every trick in the book to try to avoid um, getting him like easy looks. They're trying to make it as hard as they possibly can. So we will see what happens. Um, but yeah, tough game last night. Denver's got to get better. And they're now on a three-game losing streak. And we are going to... Uh, We are going to have to see how they respond to it. I think they will respond to it pretty well, but we're going to find out. We're going to find out together. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about Aaron Gordon, as well as some questions that I received on Twitter. And you can ask those in the chat now, and I will try to uh, account for those as possible, as much as possible here. Uh, But first... Everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Did you know that you could refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook? They are the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you do not want to miss their refer a friend bonus. All you need to do is click on the refer a friend link under your profile in the Superbook app, share the promo code with friends, and you will get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your code. So make sure to win money wagering, and you can also win money referring with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll.
pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on the audio side if you're listening there. But if you're listening on the YouTube here, uh, make sure to hit that like button down below. Would really appreciate it. That would be a great way to continue to share out the the podcast and the program. And we are continuing to make progress on the YouTube here at Mile High Sports. It is continuing to grow, and it's been nice to see. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. All right. Got some other things I want to talk about, but let's first go to the mailbag on uh, X Twitter. Uh, Got to get to some of those questions because uh, some of these were pretty good, and some of these, I think, sort of started up uh, the... Uh, the thought process for me. Eddie says, uh, last year adversity felt like fuel. This year it feels like they're crumbling. Uh, he didn't really have a question. He just told me that. And that's uh, it's obviously pretty funny. Um, yeah, Denver has not handled some of this adversity as well as you could be expected. I think that their frustrations, uh, whether it's Jokic being frustrated and getting ejected uh, in Detroit, or Murray getting frustrated last night, or just the overall way that the Nuggets have responded to uh, the foul call dilemma has not been perfect, has not been good, and I think that they're definitely a little bit tired. They're definitely physically and mentally exhausted here already early on in this season. We're 23 games in, and that's not a great sign, but that's also why it is so difficult to repeat as champions, because Everybody's got this amazing recovery, this amazing uh, medical uh, ability to uh, to kind of recover and, and use all these these tools to be able to get to the best shape and the best possible fitness as possible. Uh, but one of the things that kind of is built into that is rest. And with Denver, they do not have the ability to rest. And Jokic is not rested. He has, I think, missed one game here. And probably needs to miss more if we're being honest. But I think Denver probably would have rested their guys a little bit more frequently had Murray not gotten hurt early on in the year. Uh, They needed, because when you miss your second best player, you need everybody else to step up. Jokic kind of assumed both roles, if we're being honest. And then Reggie Jackson took on a little bit more responsibility. And it just feels like Denver has been overburdened at this early portion of the year, and they're still trying to figure out how they can survive it. So we'll be interesting to see what they do and how they continue to move past this. But yeah, adversity has not been, uh, it's not been perfect. But to be clear, Denver is now 9-1 and one at home. It's not like they have struggled extensively. They are not perfect, but I do think that they are doing as much as they possibly can um, yeah, this one here from uh, from Ben Mack. Actually, I forgot to mention Peyton Watson. He deserves some credit. He looks like he is still as energized as possible, and he is continuing to provide Denver with some good defensive energy. And that's like a little bit more defensive energy from from KCP and Aaron Gordon, if we're being honest. Those guys are veterans. They're not asked to give it every single night. Uh, but in particular, Aaron Gordon, it just feels like Peyton Watson has provided a little bit more energy and athleticism in those moments. And while the offense hasn't been good, um, frankly, the defense has been great. And Peyton Watson, I think, is taking a nice step forward here. Um, 
but they need that. They need like he is still 21 years old and they they need that youthful energy in order to kind of get through this these doldrums here. So should be interesting to see how they evolve. They need to kind of get back on track as a, as a team, but hopefully Peyton Watson and guys like him, including uh, Christian Brown, Julian Strother, can help get them through it. Um, some other questions here, some other thoughts here. Tim Chavez asks, uh, can you discuss how much of a non-factor Gordon has been of late? He was a no-show last night and hasn't done much in a couple of weeks. Really, I feel like since Jamal went down, he hasn't been the same. If he doesn't get it right, it will be a problem for Denver. Uh, let's talk about Gordon. I've got some stats here that I want to throw out. I was doing some research, and I wanted to make sure to do as much research for this as possible. And I, I don't want to, like, like, I'm not here to sound the alarm bells or anything like that. Jokic and Gordon's offensive rating is now down this year. Last year was at 125.1 in 1,688 minutes, like nearly 1,700 minutes. It was awesome to see they were great and especially great together. And that's been Denver's identity in a lot of, like ever since Gordon got here, he compliments Jokic so well. He has been the guy who has complimented Jokic. Uh, But for whatever reason, this year it hasn't really come to pass. So 2021, when he first arrived, 120.6 offensive rating. That was also a lot of that was without Murray. So kind of take that with a grain of salt, but it was still over 120, still pretty good. 2021, 22, 118.4 in nearly 2000 minutes. And that was without Murray and MPJ. And so Denver was able to survive with that. Jokic put the team on his back in a lot of ways, but Gordon also stepped up in his way and really continued to Make it work. He looked pretty good. 2022-23 was when Gordon looked best. He was a near all-star this last year and had a 125.1 offensive rating in nearly 1,700 minutes. This year, that's down to 118.4 again in 548 minutes. That's with about Murray playing not half of the games, but like a third of the games, maybe 40% of them, and then Porter playing all of them. For whatever reason, that duo, Jokic and Gordon, like it, it's lagging behind some of the other starters in their duos. Uh, Jokic and Murray have, a, I think, a better offensive rating. Jokic and Porter, Jokic and KCP. Uh, for whatever reason, Denver's offense, when Jokic and Gordon are out there, has been lagging behind a little bit. Now, part of that is because of the way the defenses are defending them. Uh, Gordon, the, he has not shot the ball well, and teams are kind of sagging into the middle of the paint. Uh, That is where Gordon likes to shine. It's also where Jokic likes to shine. So at least one of those guys has to be able to space for the other. And Jokic hasn't been an awesome three-point shooter, but neither is Gordon. Um, Actually, frankly, Gordon has not been able to shoot well in any zone outside of kind of three feet. Here's a stat for you that's going to be, that's going to probably receive some audible gasps. In... Gordon's beginning of the season among, I think, nearly 200 players to take at least 90 shots outside of three feet. So four feet it out, basically. Gordon is shooting the worst percentage of everybody by nine full percentage points. Gordon's 18 of 94 for 
on shots four feet and further away from the rim. The next closest player is Osar Thompson, a rookie in Detroit who is shooting 28.2%. So Gordon's at 19.1%. Osar Thompson is at 28.2%. David Roddy's at 293 Scoot Henderson's at 299 Victor Wembenyama's at 302 That is three rookies and a second-year player who are in the top five or in the bottom five, and then Aaron Gordon. That is not good. That is really, really not good. And I think that goes to show just some of the struggles that Denver's been really trying to deal with. Teams are not respecting Aaron Gordon's jumper. They're going to allow him to take it. They're going to allow him to continue to take it as often as they want to, as often as he wants to. And Gordon's just going to have to start making them, man. Like, he has to punish teams for the way that they are covering him. And it can't just all be defensive contributions and shots at the rim. Now, nearly 48%, I think, of his shots have come from zero to eight feet or zero to three feet. And he's making those at like a 75% clip. So those have been great. And when he gets into the rim area, he is generally automatic unless teams foul him, in which case he has shot basically 52% from the free throw line, which was not accounted in the stat that I just shared. So I'm trying to think of this. I'm trying to figure this out. And I think Nuggets fans are trying to figure it out too. But Gordon's just got to be flat out better. And Denver needs him to pick it up. Like this is a time for him to share some responsibility, to take some burden off of the best player. Because uh, I think a lot of people last year were arguing that like, Gordon was actually the second most impactful player for Denver, especially during the regular season. That has not been the case this year. If anything, Gordon's been fourth, maybe fifth, because what KCP has done, especially defensively, has been really helpful, and he's at least spacing the, four for the floor from the three-point three line in the mid-range area. Those have been good numbers. Gordon has not spaced the floor. His defense has been good, but not as good as KCP's. And while he is doing some other things offensively, like playmaking and, and making some nice passes and doing some good things there. It's not enough. It just isn't. He's got to be able to shoot the basketball. So that's something. That's uh, that's a couple numbers to kind of talk about the Jokic-Gordon duo and, and how Gordon has really handled things. It hasn't been perfect. And that's where he probably needs to improve the most is he's got to start making some shots outside the, outside the, um, the restricted area. So... We will see whether he can do that. Uh, what else did I have on the docket for here? Um, okay. Should Nuggets fans be concerned? I don't think so. I don't think that Nuggets fans should be concerned right now. I think that it's probably important to take this time with a grain of salt. Like Denver, as we talked about, they've gone through a little bit of adversity here. They've gone through a little bit of uh, trial by fire. In terms of, hey, Murray was out for a significant period of time at the beginning of this. Denver survived that stretch. Now they are towards the end of it. Now they are towards the period where, hey, Murray has to now start taking on some responsibility while other guys sort of step back and kind of ease up a little bit. Um, Porter has been good, especially on the offensive end. Porter has been really, really good. 
and he deserves a ton of credit for, despite the fact that things have kind of not operated well around him, when he gets the ball, I feel very good about the basketball getting into the hoop because he's been making one of the highest percentages in the NBA for mid-range and the three-point arc is fully come or the three-point shot has fully come back. And so Porter is actually like despite the fact that sometimes he'll get pulled defensively, sometimes he will not necessarily be great defensively. Um he is more stable on that side of things. And you just know what you're going to get. Sometimes like quick guards like a De'Aaron Fox or a Fred VanVleet or even a Jalen Green might bother him. And that's okay because Porter is six foot ten and probably is a power forward. That's perfectly reasonable. Um, but he also kind of missed like never mind. I, you know what? Porter's not the issue. Um, Denver's got to figure out their bench. They've got to figure out some stuff that's going to persist throughout much of these next um, few weeks and few months. But that is going to be fascinating to track. Um, answer some comments here. J.K. Walrus says, I think the key barometer should be Monday's game and how they come out. First loss at home to a Western Conference uh, in a minute should be a wake-up call. I agree. That's a, that's a good point. And for a team now, like Denver's 1-3 and three against Houston. Does Houston have Denver's number? I don't know. Probably not. Like I think Denver, in all honesty, I think Denver was probably tired of seeing the Houston Rockets. Now, if they weren't tired of seeing Jeff Green, he was nice. It's nice to see Jeff Green, and I should mention that too. Really nice ceremony that Denver had at the beginning of the of the game for Jeff Green that was really positive and really cool to see. Uh, Jeff clearly meant a lot to this group, and they were surrounding him, hugging him, doing everything that they could to celebrate him as a player and what he accomplished with Denver. So um, really nice to see that. But I also think that Denver now is just tired of seeing Houston, and they may not have to see Houston for the rest of the year. Like. We'll see what happens in the playoff standings and whether Houston actually makes it. But we'll we'll actually find out. Um, another one here that I wanted to answer. Uh, ben Mack asks, uh, I agree about no concern. What date should you start being concerned? If you are a Nuggets fan, then I think that Christmas is probably the right time. Um, it's a couple weeks from now. Denver should have some time over the course of these next couple weeks to get the ship write it a little bit. It may not feel perfect all the time, but it was around that time and it was around kind of the December 15th time, frankly, that Denver last year really started to get their stuff in order. Now, sometimes it takes more time than that, and maybe this year it will take more time than that. But I do think that the ethos of this team is to get through the beginning, get through the end, and really work on things in the middle and really kind of grind in the middle and try to figure out exactly how they should be in that December to February stretch. So, I mean, we're in December. So I would like to see, if I'm if I'm the Nuggets, I would like to see them figure some things out. Uh, they're going to Atlanta on December 11th on Monday, and they'll be playing in Atlanta, then they'll be playing in Chicago. That is very easily a stretch that they could go 2-0. and And if they go 0-2, or if they go one and one, like if they go one and one, it is what it is. That's is two games back to back on the road, a quick road trip, and you're going to Atlanta after a couple of days off. So wouldn't be surprised if you're just trying to relax, trying to chill. 
Uh, but for Denver, like they got to start getting some stuff in order. And we're in December. Like this is like they're they're losing track on the first seed in the conference. And that may not be super important to them, nor does it have to be. Like they can still win the West if they're the fourth seed or the the third seed or whatnot. I think they need to be a top four seed. So that's that's something that you got to have your eyes on for sure. But Denver needs to be in the playoff lineup. They need to figure some stuff out and they have to uh, continue to uh, just work through some of these struggles. It's not been great and they, they've got to figure it out. Um, Grace says, when Washington fires West, we should get it back on the bench. Firmly agree. He'd be a nice vibes guy to kind of bring back. It's not like for Denver, their defense has honestly not been that bad. Um, so it's not necessarily about defense with Wes. It's just more about bringing some familiar faces back that you really enjoy being around. So that would be cool. Uh, maybe Denver can get PJ Dozier back from uh, from Serbia. That would be nice. Uh, hell, maybe they get Faku back. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. That would be that would be wild. Uh, I uh, I know everybody would be pretty uh, pretty interested about that. Um, but yeah, we will find out. We will see what happens. I'm cons- I'm confused about a couple of things with Denver. I'm going to hold off on that until the next episode when I talk with Swipa tomorrow. We're going to do weekends with Swipa tomorrow on the same YouTube channel. So make sure to like and subscribe to the Mile High Sports YouTube where you can find all of our content. It's going to be great. We've got some stuff coming out. We're going to have some fun here with it. Should be interesting. You're going to get a podcast from me on probably Monday night, uh, but Tuesday nights I will be at the MHS holiday party actually. So that, uh, that will be going to try to figure out how to kind of manage that from a, a watching the game standpoint, but we'll, uh, we'll do what we can. Everybody loved that. I dropped the Faku. <laughs> Faku coach. <laughs> that was a, that was a Mark Kislyk classic. Um, all right. Cool, everybody. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Interesting way. Interesting way to kind of evaluate things. I'm, I'm curious to see how Denver responds. We will see what happens. Denver's got practice on Sunday. Uh, we should hear a little bit more about how they do it, but it should be fun. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always. Uh, make sure, like I said, hit that like button down below. Helps a lot. And thanks for hanging out. I'll talk to you guys very soon.